Many of us are comfortable sitting where we have been sitting for a while. You know, we don't want to move from that place until it becomes real necessary to move from there. Even at this church, even when we come to the church, we have our own places reserved. And always we are comfortable in sitting those locations which we marked for ourselves. I remember when I was working um, with the Department of Health and Wellness, you know, once there was an instruction given to us saying that you are going to move from the 10th floor to the 7th floor on a particular date. And none of us were happy about it. It was not a happy moment at all. Now, especially I was not happy at all because my cabin was facing the waterfront. And I could see all the ships, especially the tall ships, you know, coming and going during the tall ship festivals. All that I need to just turn my seat and then keep looking through the window, not doing any work. Keep looking through the window and I can see all the tall ships and keep taking pictures. You know, that's what I used to do there. And even I can see the big, the giant cargo ships coming towards in the shipyard. So I had a very good view. The moment it was told that you need to move to the seventh floor, I was not at all happy. But then, you know, a little later there, the instruction came back saying that they could manage in another way. And, you know, you are not moving. And we were all enjoying. We were all celebrating. You know, some of us, you know, we don't really like to, you know, see changes in our lives. Some of us, when we probably, you know, moved to the city, we thought we just got into the temporary job and thinking that, you know, very soon I want to find a new, better job. But then, you know, if you turn back and see, we are still happy with the temporary job. The atmosphere is good and it becomes more convenient and we say we don't have time to look for another job. We became so busy. And even, you know, some of us initially thought that, you know, I take this little apartment and live in this little apartment until I buy my house. Now if we turn back and see, it's three years, four years, till we are living in the same apartment. We don't like to see changes happening all of a sudden in our lives. And you know, we can just go on and on. This kind of situation occurs in our lives often. As human, you know, once we get accustomed to a particular surroundings, we find it is difficult to move from there and move to another place. And this is a human nature. You know, this nature of uh, often, you know, gets into our spiritual life and it doesn't want allow us to grow in the Lord. You know, we may call it as different terms. We may call it as a spiritual apathy or smug or lethargy. We can name it as different words. But that's what it gets into our lives. And it doesn't allow us to grow in the Lord. And today, God is telling us that it is time for us to move forward. You know, we need to get on to the next level with God. That's what God wants us to experience as we run this life. Not just all alone, along with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As we live on this earth And today I just want to take this little further With two illustrations from the word of God First one I just want you to turn to 2 Kings chapter 7 2 Kings I want to read a couple of verses from 2 Kings chapter 7 Let me start from verse 1 Then Elijah said Here Hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, Tomorrow about this time, a sea of fine flour or a measure of fine flour shall be sold for a shekel, and two seas of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. 
So an officer of whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Look, if the Lord would make this make the windows of heaven open, could this thing be? And he said, In fact, you shall see it with your own eyes, but you shall not eat of it. In verse 3 we read, Now there were four lepers, leprous men at the entrance of the gate. And they said to another, Why are we sitting here until we die? If we say we will enter the city, the famine is in the city. And we shall die there. And if we sit here, we die also. Now therefore, come, let us surrender to the army of the Syrians. If they keep us alive, we shall live, and if they kill us, we shall only die. Verse 5. And they rose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. And when they had come to the outer outskirts of the Syrian camp, to their surprise, no one was there. For the Lord has, had caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots and the noise of horses, the noise of a great army. So they said to one another, Look, the king of Israel has hired uh, against us the king of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to attack us. Therefore they arose and fled at twilight and left the camp intact. Their tents, their horses and their donkeys and they, flew, they fled for their lives. Verse 8. And when the lepers came to the outskirts of the camp, they went into and to the tent and ate and drank and carried from it silver and gold and cloth things and went and hid them. And they came back and entered another tent and carried some of their also and went and hid it. Verse 8 says, Then they said to another, another, We are not doing right. This day is the day of good news. And we remind, if we remain silent, if we wait until morning light, some punishment will come upon us. Now therefore, come, let us go and tell the king's household. You know, some of us would have already read this story. We know this story about what was really going on with the, with these four lepers. And they went into, went to the king and announced that king saying that there is no one else in the Syrian camp and the king came there and he uh, he conquered over this uh, camp and if you can you know re read in verse uh, probably verse 16 the prophecy is coming true there then the people went out and plundered the tents of Syrians so uh, yes, a sea of fine flour was sold for a shekel and two seeds of barley for a shekel according to the word of the Lord. You know, I read a story where four lepers, they decided to move forward. They decided to move, move forward. You know, they asked to themselves, they started asking questions within themselves. Why are we sitting here until we die? The Syrian army is invading the land. There is famine everywhere. They say if we continue to sit here, we are going to die. If we enter into the city, we may die again because there is famine over there. So let's go and surrender ourselves to the Syrian army. If they keep us alive, we shall live. If they kill us, we die. 
But all that they did, they took a decision to move forward instead of sitting at the city gate and dying. There was great famine and we don't see anybody, people going back and forth. Why do they, these lepers sit at the city gate? They sit at the city gates to beg. And if there are, there are not no people there, then there is obviously they don't get anything to eat and they were about to die. But then all of a sudden, they took a decision to move forward. You know, God is looking for someone who can move forward these lepers were not afraid of death certainly they were not afraid of that death because they were willing to die either at the city gate or inside the city or at the camp of the Syrians they were willing to die but all that they wanted to do was to see the possibility of survival there was a possibility of survival and all that they were trying to explore was that possibility for survival. They didn't say that anyway we will die, why don't we just sit here and die. But instead they had decided to move forward. They had decided to move forward. You know for a child of God, challenges are not the end. I would say they are opportunities to move forward. They are opportunities to move forward. You know, that's how God at times he works in our lives. If we can turn back and see, you know, every time when we are hit with something in our lives, some challenges, and there came an opportunity. There came an opportunity right there. The moment you think that, oh my God, why this has happened to me? You know, we see there an opportunity standing out there. You know, maybe... It may be for some of, our, some of our material blessings. Or it may be sometime for a spiritual blessing. But God opens such an opportunity when we are hit with challenges in our lives. And these Syrians, Syrian, uh, these Syrians appear to be a threat in front of them. When they thought about the Syrian army, they were finding out different strategies and see how we can go and attack them. But you know what? God worked a miracle. God worked a miracle. And God said, when the lepers went there and saw the Syrian camp was empty, no one was there. You know, that's how the enemy brings stuff in our lives. And he brings those things as if it's a great threat for us. And as a child of God, when you pray about it and move forward, we don't find them anymore. We don't find those things anymore. It's all gone. It's all gone. And we don't know how it is gone, but it is gone. You know, they never thought God will use them to fulfill the prophecy spoken by Elisha. And I'm sure even now, I don't know whether they have any clue that they are fulfilling that prophecy. You know, that's how God brings us to the place where we are in today. We may not have any idea. It is God's desire. It is God's that plan that he is fulfilling in our lives. But that, that's how God works. And they never realized that until they decided to move forward, that city into the city gate and into the Syrian camp, they are, they are going to experience a blessing over there. And even at times we don't realize that God is going to use us, you know, until we take a decision to move forward. Moving forward is essential for every one of our lives. Sometimes even we don't realize that the enemy has already lost his control. But when we will come to see, once we decide to move forward, as the Lord takes us further in our lives, as we, takes our, as we take our steps and move forward, then we will come to know the enemy is no more there. He has lost his power. All that we have to do to move forward 
to plunder to plunder today the enemy is having souls in his custody he's controlling he has controls over the souls you know we have been praying about for a long time but you know what God is telling us the enemy is already he has already lost the battle he doesn't have been control anymore over that their lives all that we need to go go and speak to them speak to share the word of God and we will see they, they they will accept Jesus Christ in their lives all that we need to do take a step forward and plunder them because they are already made available for us and today God wants us to bless spiritually as well as materially you know but if we are not willing to move forward it is not going to happen and you know what in verse 9 uh, verse 9 they talk to each other and they say that it is the day of good news and if we keep silent verse 9 they said to one another we are not doing right this day is a day of good news and we remain silent if we wait until morning light some punishment will come upon us you know if we don't move if we don't take the step the right step and move forward at the time of God you know at times we go through pain in our lives at times we go through terrible things in our lives and God wants us to move forward secondly in the book of Revelation as John was asked to write to the seven churches he was writing to the seventh church the church of Laodicea he is saying I would like to read that scripture Revelation chapter 3 verses 15 to 17 Revelation 3 verses 15 to 17 word of God says I know your words that you are neither cold nor hot I could wish you were cold or hot so then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot I will vomit you out of my mouth verse 17 because you say I am rich have become wealthy and have needing nothing need need of nothing and do not know that you are Richard miserable poor blind and naked I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in fire that you may be rich and white garments that you may be clothed that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed and anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see word of God was directed to the church of Laodicea and God was speaking to them and telling them you are a lukewarm Christians you are a lukewarm church you are neither cold nor hot you are a lukewarm church I believe it's an exact representation of today's church the, the, the message given to church of Laodicea resembles the current day church and if God is looking at the today's church and this is what God may tell us you are called to walk in holiness you don't talk about holiness at all you are called to pray but you don't have time to pray your time is given for programs and festivals you are called to be salt and light to this world but you allow darkness of this world to come into you are called to bring forth my miracle working power to this generation but you sit and debate is there miracle or miracle or not since the Jesus time you are called to preach the word as Peter and Stephen preached so that people are cut to their heart but instead 
you sugarcoat the scriptures and present it in a more elegant way to gain popularity among them. You are called to walk by faith, but you made faith as an outdated concept and teach them the modern means of building Christian faith or Christian lives. You know, this is what exactly the Lord may tell looking at our church, today's church. You know, in many other ways, we have gone away from the expectation of God. And God is telling us it is the time, it is time to move forward. God looks into our situation today and he tells you are Richard, miserable, poor, blind and naked. If you continue to remain lukewarm, I will vomit you out of my mouth. What does it mean? If you continue to remain lukewarm, if you are not willing to move forward, I don't have anything to deal with you. You can continue to run your church. I am away from that. I don't have anything to deal with you. And today God is reminding us that we need to move forward. God is calling us to move forward in our spiritual walk with the Lord. You know, there are few areas God wants us to move forward. It's God's plan. You and I have a major role to play in the establishment, in building of God's kingdom as we live on this earth. You know, there are certain areas of this ministry God is telling me to move forward. I always ask questions to the Lord. I always go back and tell the Lord, Lord, how can he do it? How can we do it? We don't have help. You know what? God remains silent. He doesn't answer. But all that God is telling us is to move forward. We need to move forward in order to see things happening in our lives. It may be our material life, spiritual life, or maybe it may be in our church or in our family. You know, it is a clear indication that God is on his business. There is no doubt about it. God is on his business. If we are willing to cooperate, you know, God is going to use us. If we are not willing, he'll find somebody else. He will find somebody else. And God doesn't want lukewarmers who come and go, but God wants people who would build God's kingdom. You know, I wish this can be the, this may be the message across the land today. God is looking for someone who is willing to listen to him and take steps and move forward. You know, in order to be found in God's mega plan for building his kingdom on this earth, he wants us to move forward in few areas of our life as we live on this earth. Like the leopards, they decided to take a step and to get into the camp of Syrians. Number one area in our lives that God wants us to move forward. Number one, personal holiness. Personal holiness. You know, holiness has become an out an an old theology in many of our churches today. Believers, you know, do not hesitate to compromise on their holiness. But number one priority God is telling us today is holiness. He wants us to move forward in our personal holiness. God wants us to move forward the way we live on this earth concerning holiness in our lives. He wants us to see a heart that aches to see the presence of sin in our lives. He doesn't want us to compromise. He doesn't want to play with sin. He doesn't want to do things you know, as we continue to remain in sin. He is looking for a heart, whether that heart aches, that whether the heart feels the pain of carrying sin in our lives along with us. An unholy vessel can be used by God. Blessings won't stay if we continue to have, if we continue to keep our vessels unclean. 
we feel totally stripped away of our strength if you continue to do things of God in an unholy way but God is calling us to take a step and move forward and take steps to grow in holiness you know every time we read the scripture properly God is asking us to grow in holiness there is no end to holiness you know you can continue to grow in holiness certain things which appear you know unholy today uh, certain things which appear you know sinful today would not have been seen as sin in maybe in my past life but today when I think about it I feel that it is sin it is sin you know that same thing continues what I'm what I'm doing today little later if I turn back and see oh why did I do that I was a pastor of this church why did I get into that you know it may look ugly to me as we go grow in the Lord and God is calling the church today to grow in holiness grow in holiness someone said listen to this church is a holy place where unholy people come to see the lives of saints not the dead saints but the living saints the living saints church is a holy place where unholy people come to see the lives of saints not the dead saints but the living saints we need to move forward number two we need to move forward in our personal prayer life God wants us to move forward in our personal prayer life Samuel Chadwick a Wesleyan Methodist minister he says Satan laughs at us at our good works he mocks at our wisdom but he trembles when we pray that's so true when we pray that's where we see things happening in our lives you know we spend most of the time in planning and in doing things we are busy with you know various tasks that are given but the question that you and I need to ask is prayer found in my agenda do we see prayer as part of our daily agenda if we don't find prayer as part of our daily agenda whatever we try to do things will not happen in the way it's supposed to happen our current prayer life is like a burning wick of a kerosene lamp that is about to die as there is no fuel to burn it's trying to burn because you know maybe someone is praying out there for us maybe my parents are praying for me that's the reason I am able to continue or someone else I told one day sister can you just pray for me she continues to pray for me you know that's why I'm able to able I'm able to survive it's like a wick of a kerosene lamp it's about to die at any moment and God is awakening us this morning and telling us that we need to pray the number two priority in our life is we need to continue to remain in prayer prayer is our life support if we remove prayer out of us we are gone we are dead today the progress of God's work listen to this God's work is hindered due to the prayerlessness of pastors and members you know they are not able to move forward they are not they don't have any idea how can I proceed further how can I what can I do further because there is no prayer pastors don't pray and the congregation don't pray and the and the board they don't pray every bunch of prayerless people come and sit together and try to do something for God nothing will happen and Satan laugh at them Satan laugh at them and he considers church as a bunch of jokers under the influence of Satan today and if we continue to remain in that state nothing should happen as it was about to happen to the church of Laodicea you know that's the reason every time I tell those who lead worship 
those who come and play instruments if you don't pray for an half an hour at least to get ready to come and play don't come don't come and touch the instruments don't come and lead the worship we need to do things prayerfully we need to move forward prayerfully every minute every moment we not not just at the church even in our personal life and god is asking us to move forward in prayer on the other day one brother was sharing with me he was telling about the morning prayer we have at the church and he said when they got up every morning they used to get up every morning at uh, their time is 4:30 4:30 to participate in the morning prayer prayer after the prayer they found 5:30 in us time the prayer gets over at 5:30 they found their daughter sitting on the bed reading the bible and praying nobody told her to do that and she started doing it because she noticed her parents doing it they are getting up at 4:30 and then attending the prayer conference in the in the conference the prayer we we do we broadcast so they are attending in the prayer conference and she started doing it nobody told her she started doing it just like that you know today our children they start just start following what we do we don't need to teach them they just observe and start doing and if we don't pray we don't have strength to handle things on the day on a daily basis and if we don't pray certainly you know we get into we are going to see the see falling into the temptation of the enemy on that day god wants us to pray the question that we need to ask today how is our prayer life and god wants us to move forward number 3 our personal commitment our personal commitment in loving god in serving god in giving to god you know someone said we must move forward from the religion into relationship we must move forward from obligations to dedication we must move forward from membership to ministry how true it is god wants us to do things for him god expects certain commitment in our lives how is our personal commitment with the lord i want all of you to ask that question you know last week we talked about setting boundaries if you remember in our lives we need certainly to set boundaries and we need to certainly come out of certain boundaries not because at times not because we are violating or we are tr- sinning there but because of our personal commitment to the lord as paul says i have right to do anything it's lawful but not everything is beneficial not everything is beneficial i can do certain things it is not considered as a sin maybe bible doesn't talk that it is a sin but i don't want to do it why because of my personal commitment to the lord for example it's a easy example i can quote you know it may not be a sin if we don't come for the morning prayer to the church it's not a sin at all but if i decide to come to the morning prayer it is my personal commitment to the lord you can extrapolate that to all that we do in our lives it's all that we do it's not that someone is behind us it's all our personal commitment it's all our personal commitment to the lord god expects personal commitments in our lives in areas of personal discipline in areas of bringing up our children in areas of serving god almighty god expects personal commitment as an individual as a family as a church god expects commitments from us someone said the secret of a successful spiritual life is setting up stepping stones of personal commitment to the lord try to do it set those personal commitment one by one you can just climb over that and god will take you into the different level we need to move forward number 4 being zealous for the lord 
being zealous for the Lord. We talked about number one priority to live holy. Number two priority to pray. Number three priority making commitments to the Lord. Number four being zealous for the Lord. God wants us to show great enthusiasm in serving God. You know, most of the time we look at it, at times it's a difficult task, it's a tough thing. But we need to realize it's a privilege that God has given to us to serve God Almighty when we live on this earth. When Paul wrote to Titus, he says, listen to this, Titus 2, 13 to 14, I can read that for you. Titus 2, 13 to 14, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearance of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, verse 14, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. Zealous for good works. You know, God expects that zeal with us burning. Do not allow that zeal, zeal to quench down. God wants us to have that zeal within us every minute. In Romans 12, 11, word of God says, Romans 12, 11, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Never lack in your zeal. The question that we need to ask ourselves, do we have the zeal for the Lord? Do we have the passion to live godly? You know, in God's kingdom, there is nothing like going backward. In God's kingdom, there is nothing like turning backward. You know, sometimes we don't understand that. Sometimes we get into a, I would say, an attitude of Moses at times. Standing in front of the Red Sea. As children were of Israel were standing in front of the Red Sea. They were surrounded by enemies. You know, I never thought the scripture will speak in this way. But it does. They were surrounded by the enemies. As they were standing in front of the Red Sea, instead of moving forward, Moses started doing a fasting prayer there. Moses started crying out, God, Lord, what should I do? How can we move forward? God has brought him to the right place in front of the Red Sea. There is no other way where he can escape. Just standing in front of the Red Sea. For what? God has brought him over there to move forward. This, this poor man, he couldn't understand that. And he was there crying out to God. You know what the response of, from God? Exodus 14:15. And the Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? What are you trying to pray here? Why are you praying to me now? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. You know, we at times get into the attitude of Moses there. When God opens an opportunity, it is time to get into it. You know, I remember, I, I speak to some, some people, brother, can you come and lead the, uh, can you do the opening prayer? They look at me and tell me, pastor, it's right, I'll pray about it. I'll find out whether it's will of God or not. I say it's foolishness. When God was opening an opportunity, just go for it. If not, God would not have brought them to the Red Sea. God would not have brought them up to that point. If God is moving everything on our way and bringing us and asking us to start doing, it is not time to pray. It is not time to sit and fast to find out the will of God. It is time to do what God wants us to do. You know, children of God, we need to realize at this moment that God wants us to move forward. God wants us to be zealous for good work. That's what Paul's prayer was. Lord, I pray for this young man Titus. Let him become good. Let him be zealous for all the good work that you want to achieve, accomplish through him. How many years 
you know, we have wasted in our lives with an attitude of Moses. How many years have gone by now? God brought us to opportunities and opportunities came in front of us. But then we were not ready to go and grab them. But today God is telling us and this morning God is speaking to us. He is very particular about four things in our lives. Our personal holiness, our prayer life, our commitment to the Lord, the zeal and the enthusiasm we need to have to do God's will, God's work in our lives. And this morning, all that God is telling us is to move forward. He's bringing us the decisions that taken by the lepers on that day to go into the Syrian camp. He's also giving us a warning by looking, by, sh- by showing the lukewarm church of Laodicea. And God is telling us, we cannot be that. We want to move forward. God is expecting us to move forward in these areas. Amen.